everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep it locked. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Jafar. Oof. Uh, and my name is... What's that parrot's name? Bean. <laughs> and today, we're talking about a song called All Mine, and we're going to need a, our special friend there with us to cover this song. Jordan, where are you? Hey, it's me, that special friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we think of you. Yes. Special. Mm-hmm. Very special. Mm-hmm. Friend. <laughs> Brother Friend. from another mother. I'll take it. The man who loves liftoff. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. That's all you get. That's all the only liftoff we're going to do in this episode. Hey, I didn't bring it up this time, okay? That's, that's true. That's. I should have known better. It's just my medulla oblongata, you know? You just couldn't help us showing off. Can't control it. So today we are doing a deconstruction of All Mine. Yeah. A song that earlier today I thought, I got this. Don't need to think about it that much. Don't need to talk about it that much. And then, of course, an hour and a half later, Chris and I went so far down the rabbit hole that I don't even know where I'm at anymore. This is a different dimension, Travis. (laughs) The fourth? (laughs) That's right. That's right. Oh, there's Santa Claus. What is Santa bringing? A whole lot of shit. <laughs> Nothing but trouble. A lamp. Yeah, for sure a lamp. But you get a rub on it. And then a genie comes out. Yeah, so one of the things that makes <laughs> why Travis was feeling so confident is that when you look at the overall structure of Yay. You have the 313 song structure, with the first three tracks being more in the classical Yeezus, ego driven, manic mindsets, followed by the tipping point on what it leave and the coming out of that mania and trying to handle the ego and be better. Uh, so, generally speaking, All Mine is just kind of the climax of that early. Yeezusian mindset that has been building since I thought about killing you into the mania that we see on Yikes that's still buffered a little bit by the Kanye chorus saying this shit can be like menacing, frightening, find help. Menacing, frightening, find help. Sometimes I scare myself, myself. There's still that layer of self-reflection or self-awareness. But with All Mine, it's seeming that all that self-awareness is out the window. And it's just the mania has taken hold. But when you get into the lines themselves (laughs) and trying to figure it out, things are a little bit more complicated. Yeah, and even going beyond the lines, just like the way the song sounds, it, it starts with one sound and 
goes to something completely different by the end. You know, it even it starts with what it sounds like an organ at the beginning. And then it starts with after that music fades away, Aunt Clemens comes in and it's super there's something like uh, almost uplifting about what he's saying, even though everything he's saying is disgusting. Like it's almost like he's singing like a nice comforting song, you know, and like it's this nice R&B song or something. And he's mythologizing a woman and it's almost romanticized. And there's an element to it that feels uplifting. But by the end of it, it, it feels like everything's tearing at the seams, you know, like it literally sounds like there's a ripping noise going through the music so you could just feel that Jesus is kind of unraveling throughout the song it's funny that on this album this is supposed to be kind of a the low point of the album and the one that's supposed to show off kind of the the most ego-driven mindset the sexualized mindsets but it's a song that ends up being the most popular the one that's showcasing the worst aspect of the Yeezus mindset is the one that's the most popular. Yeah, because it's a fucking banner, like on site. On site, so good. I'm so happy when we do the death match <laughs> in December and January to figure out where the Yay songs shuffle out. Yeah. Jordan, how are you feeling about All Mine? Well, I'm feeling like it's not better than On Site. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move past that part. <laughs> Save it for the death match, buddy. <laughs> I'm just gonna put all mine no wait I was gonna say if I just put all mine against on site then you just vote for on site I would yeah but then there's two more votes <laughs> sorry Jordan <laughs> starting six months early <laughs> um, man so one of the cool parts about this first three track stretch is that there aren't any samples. We get one interpolation in Yikes uh, from Juvenile's Huh song. Um, but we don't really have any samples in I Thought About Killing You, in Yikes, in All Mine. But then those samples start blowing up in the second half of the album. Yeah, and even if the songs that don't have samples, like... You know, the first three songs, well, I guess the second half of I Thought About Killing You when the Jesus side is coming out, and then Yikes and All Mine, it's very beat heavy and there's a lot of synths, and it's kind of an uglier sound. And then, you know, when the samples come in and the kind of orchestral sound comes in for Wouldn't Leave and Beyond, it really does feel like the album's opening up a bit. Like Jesus is starting to dissolve and Connie's starting to feel more realized. And if anybody's listening to this episode as the first one they're encountering in the season, we're using the Yeezus mindset as, or the Yeezus term as a catch-all for more of the manic, ego-driven aspects of Kanye that appear on this album, as they match very heavily with the Yeezus mindset that we see discussed on an album called Yeezus. <laughs> There's a book about that album, right? There is a book about that album. I think it's called uh, something really generic, like yeah. stupidly generic, like the Yeezus book. I don't know. You should yes, go I'm look very it. proud of that book I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. How dare you? <laughs> All mine. All yours. <laughs> yeah, and that's a great that's a great point though, Jordan. <laughs> All mine. Like I wrote every word. <laughs> 
there's something to this song, especially following up Yikes, where I thought about Killing You, the title's very philosophical right away. Yikes is playing off the fact that the shit that Kanye's saying in that song is scary. That the reaction to hearing it from somebody that's outside of it, even himself when he's thinking back on it, is just yikes. But All Mine really captures that kind of rise of the mania that we see on Yikes. That he just gets into that mindset of like, yeah, all of this is mine. But again, because the duality's there, like you cannot you can sniff the bullshit the whole time, I think, which again makes it a perfect lead into Wouldn't Leave. The song where he has to come to terms with the fact that, you know, the stuff he's doing is hurting the closest people in his life. And that makes all mine seem really egregious like it's not cool that everything's all yours it's hey dude you're a dick which it's and i'm trying to figure out ways not to use the word interesting (laughs) (laughs) captivated comparing how ego is portrayed in the first three tracks on yay compared to how the ego is portrayed on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy yeezus and the life of pablo there seems to be more as you're saying of that irony that shows through in these first three parts of how kind of ridiculous the ego is where you don't get that same level of ridiculousness uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy you see how the ego sets up tragic relationship interactions on yeezus the ego is not really shown to be stupid until send it up where there's knowing what we know by listening to the rest of the album, the guy that was on on site seemed really powerful and in in control, could get whatever he wants, could do whoever he wanted. But by the time you get to send it up and you've seen his emotional low points and just how much he wants love, there's so much that rings hollow and send it up. Just the crazy in the club. Sis in the club. It's so packed, I might ride around on my bodyguard back like Prince in the club. She said, Can you get my friends in? Uh, but it's only really that one song. And then oh, Life of Pablo, I don't think you have necessarily Famous or Father Stretch My Hands Part 2 or even Freestyle 4 being undercut to the point where they're made to seem absurd when they're happening. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Chris's cat is joining us. Felix has a very strong opinions. <laughs> I think he might disagree with you. Travis, going off what you said, too, about the the all mine not being cool and kind of uh, like as you as you so eloquently put it, sniffing the bullshit on it. Um, I, I think it's the the con. I'm I'm sure we'll talk about it a, a little bit toward the end, but the contrast too with how wouldn't leave opens with. I don't feel that she's mine enough, uh, which is a very uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy esque a way to open up one song with calling back to the other song or even contradicting the previous song really. But I, I think if you consider that the things that he's talking about as being all his on this song are again very very Jesus. They're very instant gratification. They're very uh, ultimately meaningless. Really, they're not fulfilling. They're temporary. And then you compare that to the things that he is afraid aren't his on Wouldn't Leave, which is really Kim and the meaningful relationship in his life. And, I mean, the contrast between them is 
I mean, it, it it says it all, really. I mean, the it even I think it even plays into the uh, the theme that we've kind of alluded to a little bit here and there about the, this album ultimately dealing with the death of Jesus in a lot of ways, where Kanye at this point still on the album is so trying to keep control over what he views as his and who he is that he's he's exerting such a tight control that he's basically not allowing himself to grow. So. It's only it's it's the things that he can't control that are making his life better. So Kim, in a lot of ways, may not be his in a way that he feels secure with, but that's because she has to be. She he can't control her. He has to grow with her. He has to grow to accept her as she is and not try to force her into being his. Just like his relationship to the Jesus character, where he's got a he has to let go for things to move forward. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and playing off that, something Chris and I noted in this song, and it happens that I thought about killing you, yikes, and all mine, the way yay is used, it's very much said from the Jesus character. You know, when right. all you got to do is speak on yay, and I thought about killing you, we're fully in Jesus mode at that point. This is why I fuck if yay, that's Jesus talking. And getting at what Kanye has said outside of the album, you know, out in public, what yay means, that's that loss of ego. Um, I think what we're seeing here on All Mine is that Jesus, that's how he sees yay. You know, it's all his. Like, this is what yay is, and I want to control all of it. And, you know, playing off everything you just said, yay is becoming yay, becoming a more fully realized individual, is realizing that it isn't all yours and that you don't have to be the Jesus person that thinks that way. You know, you have to open yourself up and I don't know there's something to all that that is working on a deeper level to me all right I think we covered it right we're done yep let's go <laughs> that's it thanks shortest episode in watching the throne history good night <laughs> perfect but yeah this album being about the death of the ego but also coming to terms with the medical diagnosis and the problems that come up from that that understanding of what yay is and who yay is is uh so important and the fact that the last time the word yay is used on the album is wouldn't leave they said build your own i said halfway i said slavery a choice they said hi yay just imagine if they caught me on a wild day that's the last time it's brought up after that he drops saying it it doesn't come up in no mistakes it doesn't come up in Ghost Town. It doesn't come up in Violent Crimes. And that's not even him saying it. You know, it's other people just calling him yay. Something to that. And just the idea of rebirth that comes after that point. Mm-hmm. And that the album title being yay, which is old English for you, ye, yay, spelled the same. It's lowercase on the album rather than the capitalized Y. Some deep shit. Yeah, for people saying that this album feels so rushed and that lyrically it's weak because he wrote it in a month, there's so many connections between tracks and so many of these little resonances and echoes that seem to, I don't know, if it is only written in a month, that's some really good writing to have all of that callback and development. Well, I mean, I also feel like at this point, people just, I mean... This is how Kanye has been writing lyrics for a long time, right? I mean, Rick Rubin basically said the same thing happened with Yeezus, where 
all the Sonic stuff was labored over and worked on forever. And then he basically came in right at the end and he had all of his lyrics how he wanted them and just kind of spit them all out at the last second. That's just, it's it's Kanye. It's just how his brain works. Like if you watch him doing, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember him seeing, seeing him do a freestyle on some radio show at some point. And it's just like, it just comes out that way, you know? Like his brain, he's just, the connections just kind of fire that way naturally. And it's not unreasonable or uncommon for an artist i mean it's just no if that's how your brain works that's how your brain works you know i don't know why this this whole idea of that music and art or what any kind of art needs to be labored over for forever in order to be to have purpose behind it is so ridiculous and so not at all how art works yeah i i feel like i've talked to a lot of musicians who say these kinds of things about kanye or or you know I, I remember I talked to somebody once who said didn't like Beyonce because Beyonce has somebody who helps her write her lyrics and I don't know <laughs> like I get that it's cool that like you and three dudes like sat in a room and labored over <laughs> lyrics and like you you know you poured your heart out and soul and it's all yours but that's not how oh, like everybody works um, like if anything as good as Connie's albums are like I would say it's a good thing to have somebody like with you there reading over your lyrics and giving you notes and i mean that's kanye's style right like you know don't just make my beautiful directors with fantasy go to hawaii bring 40 of your closest friends and like bounce ideas off them the whole time you know that's how he makes it i mean this this whole idea that it's that in order for art to be valuable that it has to be made by some like loner who's doing everything <laughs> on their own for months the bone of style yeah and yeah and just like cloistering themselves from the world like it's so ridiculous i mean look at movies i mean collaboration is just how it works you know yeah. stanley kubrick worked with cinematographers and and producers and i mean it's all it's all a process you know but you watch the movies and they're still clearly stanley kubrick movies just because Kanye's working with other people all his albums are still clearly Kanye works of art you know what I mean yeah agreed <laughs> <laughs> agreed agreed uh and one interesting note about this song it's working title that we saw on the dry erase board was medulla oblongata mm-hmm. it wasn't initially called all mine uh so you may be wondering what the medulla hmm. oblongata is does and why, why don't you tell me, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> why Kanye might be referencing it? I think could have to do with a 1998 movie. Oh boy, starring Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's name? Did Adam Sandler just walk into your apartment? <laughs> Adam Sandler did just walk in. <laughs> oh my God, this is a big get. <laughs> Ooh, have him do the line. <laughs> uh, it's from The Waterboy. Everybody else got friends, Mama. I just want some, too. You don't have what they call the social skill. My name is Bobby Boucher. That's why you never have any friends, except for your mama. Constantly tormented. Before you get into this, Chris, really quick, you're really going to have to stick with us on the Smadula Apagata shit, because we might have like four or five or six different meanings to this line and what it could mean. Oh yeah, I'm. Re- I tried to crack my knuckles there to make it dramatic, and only one cracked, and it was very weak. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being the man that I couldn't. <laughs> so, 
it's uh, in class, and a professor says, Now, is there anybody here that can tell me why most oh alligators God. are abnormally aggressive? Anybody? Anyone? <laughs> yes, sir, you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting this level of performance. <laughs> And really? Bobby Boucher responds. Oh God! Mama says that. <laughs> Mama says. <laughs> <laughs> Mama says that alligators are ornery. <laughs> I gotta say that was a real letdown, Chris. Because they got you all the lost it there. Because they got all them teeth and no tooth, but no toothbrush. <laughs> Professor says. Your mama said alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth <laughs> and no toothbrush. Wow. Anybody else? Student, alligators are aggressive because of an enlarged medulla oblongata. It's a sector of the brain which controls aggressive behavior. That is correct. The medulla oblongata. But mama said the medulla oblongata is where anger jealousy and aggression oh come God. from now is there anybody here can tell me where happiness comes from <laughs> anyway so then it just continues like that i mean <laughs> okay <laughs> i thought you were gonna keep going uh, i mean yeah, I, I mean i love how you we couldn't just get a definition of what medulla oblongata <laughs> is we'll, we'll get to a it. whole scene from the water boy yeah, we'll get yes. to it. Don't worry. Well, you know, we had to figure out ways to level up the podcast. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, but we'll get to a more specific definition of the medulla. Actually, in the scientific definition, it just controls the cardiac, respiratory, vomiting, and vasomotor centers and deals with the automatic functions of breathing, heart rate, and blood pressure. So nothing to yeah, do with... Yeah, but the alligator thing. Yeah, nothing to do with the, like aggression, rage, any of that, at least from this uh, definition. We haven't even talked about the verse that that line's in yet. <laughs> no, but just, you know, this uh, this being a title, oh, sure. and if Kanye is going with automatic response as uh, mm. what this song was getting at, or just a state of uh, aggression, rage... If he's taking more of the water boy definition, <laughs> so um, are you are you positing that Kanye watched the water boy, assumed that was the correct definition of medulla oblongata, named his song that at the last minute someone's like, "Hey Kanye, uh, this doesn't exactly mean what you think it means." It's like, "Oh shit, okay, we'll we'll change it to all mine." Yeah, he went Baba Boucher. Oh, oh fuck! God damn it! We told you you were going to say fuck a lot. Uh, yeah, it's not his first time thinking about the water boy. <laughs> thinking about sense. I'm convinced. Uh, but then the name gets changed to All Mine because I think, as you said earlier, with Wouldn't Leave, that I don't feel like you're mine enough. There's more of a meaningful connection between <laughs> those two <laughs> than just Medulla Obligata. It's 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 a much more poetic way of doing it than his original line, which was, I don't feel medulla oblongata enough. <laughs> and his original line, which is, you the devil, mama. <laughs> yes. And there was like a whole a verse about like alligator teeth. It was real weird. Yeah. 
A verse about alligator teeth all I've wanted from Kanye. <laughs> uh, oh, he does mention alligators in Kids See Ghost. Oh. I'm sure it's purposeful. Wait, is it an <laughs> alligator or a crocodile and water boy? Alligator. Crocodiles are only in Australia. Oh, my bad. Oh, fuck. Or Sorry. Egypt, Africa. <laughs> One of those three. Fucking crocodile police over here. Well, you know, there's a misconception about what is an alligator. <laughs> oh, no. They all look the same to you, don't they, Jordan? They do. Mm. Uh, Aunt Clemens? Yeah, so Aunt Clemens starts this song off with uh, <laughs> something that you could almost not know what he's saying. Yeah, you so out the bottom. I'm a lose my money in it. But we get the lines, yeah, you supermodel thick. Damn, that ass busting out the bottom. <laughs> you man, you're reading this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna lose my mind in it. Holy shit. Uh, could you do this as the um could you do all the lines in the song as the professor from the Waterboy? Hey. I don't Oh, let's see if I can do that. <clears throat> Let me get into. Now, is there anyone here? Oh, fuck. Who can tell me? You have to me? say a line from Waterboy first. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, very method. you supermodel thick. Damn, that ass busting out the bottom. Jordan, this is a terrible idea. I, yeah. I really am regretting this. It doesn't sound as good as it should. <laughs> as it should? I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind in it. Uh, so we get this connection from uh, this girl that has a fat ass to <laughs> losing your mind. Wow. That there's this lack of self-control from seeing this uh, sexual imagery or this objectification of this girl's body with that line following up crazy that medulla oblongata. Which just seems to be like a self-referential, like, damn, my medulla obligata is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> or he's saying that medulla obligata as in referring to, well, this is a, this one is probably out there a lot. But I was thinking that if this is like, you know, super disgusting Jesus and he's talking about her medulla obligata, it's almost like he's looking at the back of her neck and like she's either like riding him or it's a stripper or something like that. Which, you know, if you're getting a lap dance, your visual, a lot of the time, is just the back of the person's neck. Right. Right where the medulla oblongata would be at the base of the skull. Yep. Or the more likely double entendre is that it refers to getting brain, which is getting head. Which he's rapped about before. He's actually said getting brain in the song. Old enough, I got seniority with the sorority, so that explains why I love college. Getting brain in the library because I love knowledge. When you use your medulla, oblongata, and give me scoliosis. So some, some choices that could come into it, but given the mental health aspect and the self-control aspect of the right. songs, like it seems that maybe the psychological aspects in the dual oblongata are supposed to be the focus of the line. For sure, yeah. Knowing the deeper meaning, but I, I mean, also just thinking about this whole song is about sex, so it probably carries that double meaning. And which follows up with, get to rubbing on my lamp. <laughs> get the genie out the bottle. Hmm. Is this where we let Jordan take over? 
Jordan's had some strong uh, <laughs> theories on these lines. Well, they've been stated on the show once before, but for people who haven't listened to the Yay episode, you know, I'm happy to trot this theory out again if that's what you guys want. Absolutely. <laughs> well, okay. So, get to Robin, Robin on my lamp, get the genie out of the bottle. He's clearly talking about uh, sex and rubbing on getting the genie out of the bottle. It's a very, it's a very Jesus, Jesus just rose again kind of lyric, right? And yeah, he's basically talking about his dick, which, as we've discussed on the Jesus episodes, really is Jesus in a lot of ways. Louboutin on the toes again, tight dress desert close to him. Jesus just rose again. My theory about this is a genie will grant three wishes, right? Uh, and if the the genie in this situation is Jesus, aka Kanye's dick, those three wishes, which eventually will lead him out of this sex crazed ego prison he's put himself in, would be named uh, North Saint and Chicago. So my question about that is in this chorus where he's clearly talking about some other woman who's not Kim rubbing on his lamp, how does that fit into all of it? I don't think the actual woman is specific, really. I think it's more uh, foreshadowing, really, for what's going to come up at the end of the album, where he acknowledges that Jesus was what he needed. Jesus gave him what he needed to, to get through and to become who he is. And then eventually he's able to kind of put Jesus to rest because of what Jesus gave to him, which I think the kids are sort of a, a manifestation of that. I also think it could be argued that when he first, you know, sort of sought Kim, that in a lot of ways that was the Jesus character, mm-hmm. um, you know, being attracted to her sexually and then it just kind of going from there. Yeah. It's like all these women, he's been waiting for the one that could get the genie out the bottle. Right. And it was sort Kim. Of. They finally did. Yeah, that makes sense. As, because, I mean, this whole... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, it all yeah, makes sense. <laughs> okay. No, no, no I, I'm fully on board. I was just thinking that, um, you know, a big part of what Jesus does throughout Jesus and then what I think is happening here now, Van Clemens, is how much he mythologizes women and how mm-hmm. they just represent something more, you know? They're not just another, you know, so, just not another person you have sex with. They're, like, a fucking savior. They're the person that's going to break you out of your rut because you can't do it yourself. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with what I was saying about the kids, right? I mean, it's the Jesus character searching for one thing but ultimately giving Kanye a different thing by way of doing that, where... He's searching for women, searching for sex, and through doing that, he finds Kim and eventually finds his kids and a new life for himself. I mean, it's all its all because of his Yeezus drives, essentially, that, that he lands where he lands. Hmm. That's not far off from the narrative of Fight Club. Oh, God. It's... <laughs> we knew we'd get there. Well, you know, Edward Norton goes on quite the journey due to Brad Pitt's Tyler Durden character. And at the end, he's uh, had a lot of frustrations, setbacks, problems, <laughs> things that he wouldn't have voluntarily taken part in. But at the end of it, he has a confidence and calm and hope that he didn't have before. You shot yourself? Yes, but it's okay. Marla, look at me. I'm really okay. 
Trust me. Everything's gonna be fine. You met me at a very strange time in my life. Would you say it's similar to the French lieutenant's woman? Now that you mention it, no, Jordan, they're nothing alike. <laughs> okay, perfect. Just wanted to check in on that. The French lieutenant's woman is all about <laughs> the manifestations <laughs> of control in the antiquated 18th century British culture, aristocracy, versus the modern self-control that we feel that we have today and allowing the reader to have that. Boy, I, I got to say, I'm really regretting like <laughs> triggering Chris on these little tangents here. Yeah, they're bad, man. Just stop it. It's okay. I just I edited it all out. This is this is what the fans want. I'm just kidding. I would never. Is it though? That's how we get that Patreon money, man. Chris's little <laughs> little rants. Like we need to keep this going just to see how far off the rails he eventually goes. <laughs> just wait till we do our movie podcast. Ugh. Uh, but Travis, you're mythologizing that you brought up. Uh, you know, we saw that at the end of Wolves, where Kanye doesn't just position himself and Kim as saying, you know, what if we met in the club? It's what if Joseph and Mary were in the club? He takes their relationship to that level of being like the parents of Jesus and then positions his kids in the way of being like baby Jesus. And we see the same thing happen on Jesus, where he starts to pin all of his hopes and dreams on this relationship or on this woman that could save him, using the Hungarian as prophecy. But it, it wasn't really... We'd have moments of sexual, like, oh, there were just straight up sex, like, I'm in it. Careless whispers, I fucking biting ass, neck, ears, hand, legs, eating ass. Your pussy's too good, I need to crash. Your titties, let them out, free your last. Thank God almighty, they free your last. We was up at the party. Which still weirded people out. They're just like, this is very graphic. Like, put my fist in her like a civil rights sign. Like, whoa, that's intense. And then Life of Pablo, you have similar romanticism countered by something like Freestyle 4. This just all graphic sexual talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, all Mine has a similar setup with Aunt Clemens having more of a as you said, as disgusting as it is, romanticized uh, descriptions and poetic descriptions of this encounter. But then Ty Dollar Sign comes in. And just seems to be much more in the practical, sexual, not necessarily mythologizing or poeticizing. It's just fuck it up, pussy good, going back it up, piper up. Yeah. 
it's it's almost like uh, I guess it is a lot like Hold My Liquor, where you have Justin Vernon and Chief Keef. So like you know, all the verses are very much Jesus and Jesus leaving his Jesus lifestyle, but then you get these little insights into. I guess here on All Mine, like the different ways he views sex and how sex is both something he does romanticize and something, you know, you just need because like you're a fucking madman. Yeah, it's less of that on Hold My Liquor, you have Justin Vernon as the vulnerable mindset and Chief Keef as that ego that has to assert itself. I'm on the and here you don't quite have that polarization it's more that both are about sex (laughs) and even aunt clemens at the end of that bridge gets gross like juicy thing pussy sing like make it cry come boohoo this shit uh figurative language and poetic but gross um so those two voices aren't necessarily butting heads they're just describing it in different ways how how telling does it does it seem that it's this song it's them saying one more time when really this is the last we're gonna hear of Jesus in a lot of ways Where's the one more time? Right in that verse, he says, uh, Juicy thing, make that pussy sing one more time, baby, do it big. Oh, yeah. There could it be something. It is the last time. <laughs> Felix does not agree again. I think that was an agreeing meow. Oh, okay. He's just like, it is the last time. Meow. <laughs> Fuck, like, that's heavy to think about, man. Like, this is this song might be the last we ever hear of Jesus. If you don't count a kidsy ghost. But that's the ghost of Jesus, you know? Completely yeah. different. Yeah, it's true. Well, there's something I find... F- I'm trying not to use fascinating. <laughs> or interesting. <laughs> there's something to the fact that we just had Kanye having a back and forth on Yikes where the one voice is like Justin Vernon and the other voice is like Chief Keef. Just straight up with the polarization and everything. But here, the voice that would be Kanye is now very much more in line with that, or that would be in that Justin Vernon mindset, is much more in Chief Keef. It's like now that the mania has taken hold, you get two Chief Keefs. <laughs> yeah. It's just one's a bit more of a poet <laughs> with the descriptions, but still talking about the same subject matter. Instead of that polarization, that alignment occurs. And that's because the mania has taken over. And I think that would make sense because by the end, it just, it feels like it's all too much, you know? The production literally starts to feel like there's ripping in the sound of everything and everything's falling apart. Let me hit it wrong like fuck the outcome. Hey, none of us will be here without come. Hey, if it ain't all about the income. Hey, let me see you go ahead and spend some. Hey, if you driving around. Yeah, that production ripping, it's that kind of like dunch and it keeps coming in in the second verse at the end of every line and it gets like progressive too i mean we're not even to the second verse yet we're talking about this but 
at first it's just a ch, and then it like slowly keeps going ch, ch, and then by the end it's like ch, ch, like it's really aggressive and it you can <laughs> Felix shut the fuck up you can just really tell that um, it, he's just losing control over everything poor yay poor poor yay uh, so we get through the sexual minefield of Ty Dolla Sign and Aunt Clemens <laughs> come boohoo this shit Jesus uh, and Kanye comes up, seemingly the voice of reason. If I pull up with a Kerry Washington, that's gonna be an enormous scandal. I could have Naomi Campbell, still might want me a Stormy Daniels. And he is thoughtful in his own weird Kanye way. Uh, if I pull up with a Kerry Washington, that's gonna be an enormous scandal. Like, why, yes. Yes, it would be Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> Kerry Washington, the Scarf scandal. God damn it. Jesus. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take feed him your cat. I'm going to take him upstairs. Hold on. <laughs> I'm leaving Hold this all on. in. I'm leaving it all in. <laughs> you ever watch Scandal? I have not watched Scandal. I don't think I care to. Yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> Although I didn't know what the show was even about until today. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I know what it's about. Oh, this will be interesting then. <laughs> oh, is there like a deep reference or something? Yeah, it became like my favorite line once I figured it out. Oh, shit. But I'm saving it. Or I guess saving it for Chris because he'll undoubtedly say it. <laughs> Jordan, is honey part of your diet? Honey? Yeah. Like by itself? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or in tea. <laughs> uh... If I have tea, which is extremely rare, then maybe. Are you not like a caffeine guy? Uh, I drink coffee. Oh, okay. No, I started just like eating honey before these recordings. Because oh, really? It helps my throat and like it makes me not sound like a gravelly fuck. Huh. Okay. Thief has departed. <laughs> anyway, scandal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carrie Washington currently stars in the TV show Scandal, where she cheats with the president. Oh, shit. Yep. And what are (laughs) the next two lines? Uh, I could have Naomi Campbell, famous model, singer, actress, and still might want me a Stormy Daniels. Mm. God damn it. Fucking Kanye. (laughs) Uh, So we have a connection between Kerry Washington Scandal and Stormy McDaniels. Hmm. Did you just call her Stormy McDaniels? Yeah. Did I really? <laughs> you definitely did. Uh, I'm going to call her that from now on. <laughs> yeah. Stormy McD. And if anybody's out of the loop on Stormy Daniels, she is a former porn star who... This is really necessary. You know, some people might not know. <laughs> All right. People might listen who... to this like 50 years in the future. Ah. You know, in uh, what was it like 2011 or something? 2012 mm-hmm. had yeah. uh, sex with Donald Trump, and then in 2016 he tried to cover it up, and now in 2018 there's the whole big scandal surrounding Stormy suing President Trump. But going beyond that, these lines are amazing. Going beyond the fact that scandal on Stormy McDaniel, I said it again. God. <laughs> Going beyond the fact that Scandal and Stormy Daniels connect, 
just how he could have Naomi Campbell and still want Stormy Daniels. Naomi Campbell is a sophisticated supermodel, like revered, and Stormy Daniels is a porn star. Like nothing wrong with that, but it it so represents you know that Jesus mindset where you know he wants both kinds of women. He wants the woman that's revered and it will fit his sophisticated lifestyle, but also what's the porn star. There's that temptation from the ego, from just the desires, from the brain itself, that automatic reaction that the medulla oblongata or some other part of the brain uh, could force on you in terms of just the the response to seeing a woman like Stormy Daniels and still being like, yes. And that's a tension that was most definitely explored on the life of pablo which one marriage or big booty model but he seems to sum this all up with the following lines which this line threw us for a little bit of a loop at first i'm still in the loop (laughs) yeah a little bit (laughs) so the Relevant to Kerry Washington and Stormy Daniels and the idea of having an affair with somebody in power, you could say that sometimes you got to bag the boss up in terms of having an affair with somebody that's higher than you. Kind of a power move in that way, which is something that Corey Gambles did when he started dating Chris Jenner. He's uh, the boyfriend now for like four years of Chris Jenner. So this could just be a shout out to him for bagging the boss up. But Jordan, do you know what it means to put a bag on it? <laughs> well, Chris, uh, <laughs> just, I mean, I haven't exactly examined this line too deeply, but my first instinct would be that he's talking about putting a condom on his dick. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, Jordan. I think in academic circles, that is how they would describe <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, my God. He has condomed up. Could you, speaking of ac- academic circles, could you explain this to me as the professor from Waterpoint? <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> no. I, I could, but for the for the millions at home listening... <laughs> I'll spare you all. I'll spare you all. Uh, But it could just be saying sometimes you got to put a condom, put a condom on. I call that taking Corey Gambles, which almost seems nonsensical because you would expect it to be something like sometimes you don't bag the boss up. I call that taking Corey Gambles because it's a it's a gamble or a risk not putting a condom on your penis and having sex with somebody. But how he's phrasing it, sometimes you put a condom on, and that's what he calls taking Corey Gambles, might seem strange. But there's a little bit of a contrast that comes in with verse 2. At the very start, he says, Let me hit it raw like fuck the outcome. Which is very Jesus. Yeah, a completely different mindset going from like, yeah, sometimes you should be responsible and wear a condom. So then that way you have a 99% chance of not impregnating the woman and protecting yourself from STDs. Oh, my God. Okay, once more with the southern accent. 
Ase Ase. God damn it. <laughs> you thought he wouldn't do it. I did. I didn't know we were doing Foghorn Leghorn now, though. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just gotta follow the inspiration. I call that <laughs> taking Corey Gambles. Yeah. Um, but in this case, it would seem almost like he's saying that Corey Gambles is it a risk taker? Like that Corey Gambles is somebody that acts safe. So if you're putting a condom on, you're being safe, like Corey Gambles. <laughs> Wow, I guess to Jesus, that's like taking a gamble, right? Like to be living a healthy lifestyle or something. <laughs> wow, we're really going down a rabbit hole. I told hole you. Here. I know. Yeah. Uh, if I you don't look feel up, good about any of this. <laughs> <laughs> if you look up uh, details of Corey Gamble's, like we had to, there, we, we uh, had to. <laughs> Interesting. There's discussion about how he seems like a really nice guy, very calm. He doesn't drink or party. He seems to be way more low-key than a lot of people in the world that he exists in. So if Cor- if Kanye is somebody that knows Corey Gambles well, that could just be a, a play on that. That Corey Gambles is, to put it, nicely boring in that way. So if you're putting a condom on, you're not taking a gamble. You're being like Corey Gambles. Corey Gamble. Yes. Oh, thank you. Is this a Clay Z situation? Are we getting a clone? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Does Corey he Gamble. have a mustache? <laughs> I feel like since Corey Gambles has like the, or Gamble, <laughs> has the, the circle beard goatee, Corey Gambles would have to be clean shaven. True. Or just have really big sideburns. Oh, that's probably it. That's probably it. So... We go from we go from that line to find yourself up in the food court. You might have to enjoy your sample. All these thoughts on Chris and Mingle. Almost what got Tristan single. If you don't ball like him or Kobe, guaranteed that bitch gonna leave you. Hey, time is extremely May not seem like it makes sense, but in this song about sex and these women and the draw of these women. It's just more this idea of fucking around. All the women are your samples. So dehumanizing. And we get an example of that in the next line. All these thoughts on Christian Mingle, almost what got Tristan single. Tristan was in the food court, and he sampled a little too much. That son of a bitch. I'll never forgive him. Good thing he balls like Kobe. Yeah. (laughs) Which, I really love this line. If you don't ball like him or Kobe, guarantee that bitch gonna leave you. Mm-hmm. Which, aggressive. But the part that I really like is that Kanye is not a basketball player. So, is this a little bit of self-awareness? That because he doesn't ball like Tristan or Kobe, that if he were to cheat, he knows that Kim would leave him? I don't know... See, I look at it kind of from the reverse angle. I think this is Kanye being self-aware, but basically kind of examining the Isis character and what he is trying to do and really what he's trying to hide. Where I think this whole giant ego, I am a god, uh, you know, I can have any woman I want, it's all mine, right? That's basically Isis bawling, you know? I mean... He's trying to be like I am like I am like Tristan I am like Kobe and that's why and he's but he's acknowledging like a vulnerability here because he's saying because if I don't do that she's gonna leave me which kind of feeds right into wouldn't leave where he's basically getting over that and realizing 
fuck, she's not with me because I ball like Tristan or Kobe. She's with me because she loves me. And she's not mine She because I can't determine how devoted to me she's going to be through how hard I ball. It's going to be, it's her choice because she wants to be with me. And that's very alien and leaves him in a very vulnerable place. It makes you think about violent crimes. The conclusion of the album is realizing that he can't treat women how he had treated them. Now they precautious, Father forgive me, I'm scared of the karma, cause now I see women as something to nurture, not something to conquer. He had been a monster, he had been like a killer, a gangster, like... A zombie with no conscience. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and that he needs to be better. And it's like, here, he's almost justifying that behavior, as you're saying. He thought that was how he had to be. Yeah. Right. Nay, nay. <laughs> nay, nay. Oh, my God. Hey, <laughs> time is extremely valuable. Hey, time is extremely valuable. And I prefer to waste it on girls is basic. That's such a revelatory line in the midst of, I mean, it's thoughtful from a very, like, you're an asshole, but you're kind of right for this verse. But then when you get to that part, that's almost as insightful as the Pusha T section on Runaway. 24-7, Pussy stays on my mind. I, 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 I did it. All right, all right. I admit it. Now pick your next move. You can leave or live with it. It's also interesting how that line's built up to. I feel like there's such a progression to the verse where it starts out, you know, he's like complete fucking dick, you know. Pull up for Kerry Washington, still wants story, Stormy Daniels. And then there's some moment of like self-reflection kind of where he says bag the boss up and you wonder what he's getting at. And then we get to the Christian mingle and almost what got Tristan single. And there's this element suddenly that you could get caught living this kind of lifestyle and you could ruin everything. And I think the progression is almost like Connie slowly realizing that like this isn't the right way to live. Um, And then at the end where it's like almost blatantly candid he's saying like i prefer the way to sit on girls is basic like it's openly recognizing and telling the listener like this is stupid like i know these girls are basic there's nothing fulfilling about this and then it goes right into that's just some yay shit and then this outside voice comes in right now let's do what we want that's just some yay shit it's almost like Jesus like regaining control suddenly and it shifts into those last three lines which are just right back to disgusting sex all the self-awareness is gone it really is like this moment where the Kanye character is going to reject this line of thought and grow from it that growth is denied to him by that other that like devil on his shoulder that Yeezus voice. It's just like, nah, nah, nah. Let's do what we want, man. Come yeah. on. It's just like in Yikes when you have the dueling voices going at the same time. The one trying to say, like, this is frightening, while the other voice is saying, like, this is why they fuck with Ye. Yeah. And this is the use of yay in this track where the thoughtful voice that exists for a little bit on all mine just tries to write off all of this is like that's some yay shit which is really dismissive of the yay it's almost like he 
he's talking shit on himself at that point. And we know that all you got to do is speak on Ye, and all of a sudden, the ego comes forth. Yeah. We thought you'd be really excited about that part, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just just basking in it. <laughs> I think he's excited about the next line because it most closely resembles his lifestyle. <laughs> Why Which line you... being the next line here? <laughs> oh, you know, the you... Uh, someone else on a blunt. Ah, yes. My nightly ritual. <laughs> Is this why you two moved out to Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You're like, baby, what if our whole lifestyle... Oh my god. Could... <laughs> yeah, I it is... Okay, it is very disconcerting hearing Chris be my voice. It's very strange. <laughs> I was going to say, there's something very disconcerting about Chris saying baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So let's have a threesome, me and a blunt. Let's have a threesome, you and a blunt. I love your titties because they prove I can focus on two things at once. Which isn't that exciting of a threesome. <laughs> well, it depends what you're doing with the blunt. Oh. <laughs> Does it have some of that DMT? 2CB? We're really earning the explicit label on iTunes today. <laughs> About time. <laughs> We've been G-rated for too long. See, it's not just about what's in the blunt, it's about where you put it. <laughs> That's deep. <laughs> uh, so, Travis, as you're saying, it does go from the most conscious part of how stupid this all is to the most indulgent after that voice comes in and kind of snaps to it, which is familiar scenes in a movie called Fight Club. Oh, my God. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Is Meryl Streep in Fight Club, too? Unfortunately, no. Hmm. Oh, because she's in the French Lieutenant's Woman movie. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I've never watched the movie. Okay. I'm a man of letters, Jordan. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry we can't be all literary like you, Mr. Southern Professor. All you have to do is read enough Faulkner. <laughs> and it just comes right out. Well, then we get the most thoughtful and philosophical lines on the entire album. I love your titties because they prove I can focus <laughs> on two things at once. Oh, I've heard so many people hating on this line. I kind of love it, though. This feels like classic Kanye to me. Yeah, and I've, you know, I've tried to figure out exactly what he's saying with this. I don't know if I've come to a conclusion yet. <laughs> well, there could be something there. I, th I mean, I definitely think there is. I mean, I don't focusing on two things at once. It almost feels like, can you live both the Jesus and the regular right. lifestyle? Or even calling in the dueling voices at the beginning of the song, like trying to be two things at once. Like it just doesn't work. Do you think? Oh, man. I don't know. Because part of me thinks, what if this these last few lines are talking about Kim? And I, I know what you're saying, Travis, about that's just some yay shit being Jesus wrestling control away for these last few lines again. But I think it's kind of interesting that he's saying 
the threesome is me, you, and a blunt. Basically being, there's not two, there, there aren't three people there anymore. It could just be him, Kim, and a blunt at home. And then I Love Your Titties could be, again, Kim, and basically saying I can focus on two things at once. So kind of going into what you're saying of focus being both Jesus and gay at the same time, really, where he's gay because he's with Kim and he's at home and he's not fucking around. But the the titties also are like, you know, the, the Jesus sex drive. So it's like he's he's satisfying both sides at the same time. It could be. I think the beauty I mean, of it I all is I don't it- know. Yeah, I don't know if I'm even convinced of that myself. <laughs> well, I don't know how convinced I am either, but I still, like, either theory, I feel like they both kind of work. Mm-hmm. Oh, a double meaning? <laughs> <laughs> Never. You, hmm. That's the that's the thing when you have lyrics the way that Kanye likes to structure songs, that there's an open-endedness to a lot of the things that he talks about that allows for some space in interpretations that it could be this it could be this it could be this it just depends on what perspective what framing and it could be touching on all of those things i personally given the the duality that's part of i thought about killing you where we know that the you refers as much to himself as it does to others the ego his mental health we know that there's a a me and you that the you is also me in yikes there's that duality there. So I think my theory is that Kanye is talking about himself, you know, the two aspects of him. And he's gotten so high that he's just looking down at his chest, admiring his own titties because he's all chest, no legs. Oh my God. I was not expecting that. No. And then he's just like, man, mm, I love these things. Holy shit. No, that's very just, disturbing. Uh, yeah, that was just <laughs> uh, a very serious preamble to a yeah, very wow. not serious conclusion. Oh, I don't even boy. know how to react to that. That is upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the verbal version of that portrait of Kanye kissing himself. It's much worse than that. <laughs> Curious, you had like you had me on like the edge of my seat. Like I was ready to just be floored by this and then uh... Yeah, I call that taking Corey Gambles. <laughs> uh but I do think that there is something to the duality. As you both have been saying that there's a this brings up uh this and that, not just on the the titties, but on the larger thematic concept and what the two things are within the self that's a motif that we saw on i thought about killing you it's a motif we saw in yikes so to have it brought up again here it just i think further shows that there's this tension between the two aspects of the personality in this early part of the album that's resolved by the end of the album and just kind of going back to my totally half-assed theory that is probably completely off base if you do consider those last few lines to be talking about kim that would kind of interestingly reframe the Aunt Clemens hook because it it almost you could almost take that as the you know those lines you supermodel thick ask us not the bottom lose my mind in it all that stuff that could almost now be framed as to him talking about Kim so it's like it starts out at the beginning as the Yeezus character acknowledging that it's he's going crazy losing his mind and all these women and now it's not necessarily maybe all the women anymore but he's still getting like his Yeezus side fulfilled just by Kim. One of the fascinating, god damn it! One of the fascinating things he does 
on this album is there's a little bit of foreshadowing on each track of what comes up in the next track. Like I thought about Killing You has the screams that foreshadow a lot of the tone of Yikes. And Yikes brings in this idea of fucking other women and don't tell his wife or he lies to his wife about it. Told my wife I never seen it after I hit it by Felicia. That's the way that I'm going it up. That All Mine is then about infidelity and fucking other women completely. That the next song is Would It Leave and deals with the relationship with Kim. My wife calling, screaming, say we about to lose it all. Had to calm her down because she couldn't breathe. Told her she could leave me now, but she wouldn't leave. If the pattern was continuing, we would expect to see some hints of the Kim relationship in some way in this track. So I think arguments could be made that there are no references to Kim, that whatever is there between I Thought About Killing You and Yikes and Yikes and All Mine is just part of the first three. But I do think, as you two are talking about, that you could start to make inroads to a connection between some of the content on All Mine and Would It Leave. But Jordan, your theory would change how the second verse is viewed, right? Potentially. Which would get to the... Genie. Genie theory. Because he's getting the genie out the bottle. None of us would be here without cum. And who's here with the, the cum from the genie from the bottle? Those three little kiddos. Yes. Um, so you could view that verse, if you're going for the Yeezus mindset of it, as very uh, Life of Pablo freestyle for famousy. Like, this is some side chick that he's talking to, and he's just like, yo, let me hit it, <laughs> hit it raw. I don't care, whatever happens. And if it's not about the income, like the money that I have, and me being your sugar daddy, like, why don't you spend some money on me and show that it's more of a mutual relationship? So you either have, like, a very superficial reading of that, or it's more of a reading of him speaking to Kim. My voice really went high. (laughs) (laughs) You sound unsure of yourself. Well, because it seems like if he was talking about Kim, that line, I'm going to fuck around and make you my bitch, if I see you pull up with the three stripes, it would be getting back to the early part of their relationship. Jordan, what do you make of the second verse? I mean, I really think you just gotta give it up for my genie theory, man. <laughs> Although it really only makes sense for the first two lines, the last everything after that is a little more uh, open, I think. Yeah. Yeah, like if we're talking, if we're viewing it as let's have a threesome, me and a blunt, being less about Kim and more just a switch to thinking about thoughts, side chicks, sampling the Kerry Washington kind of Yeezus mindsets. That freestyle four Jesus mindset, that on-site Jesus mindset, then that second verse, I think holistically makes more sense, as these are just the things he's saying to this girl, 
like let me fuck you but if i see you driving around in some dry fit like i think you're gonna snitch so uh. yeah and as a transition into wouldn't leave like this could be him just getting fed up of living that lifestyle and he's ready to move away from it and so i guess if i had to say something definitive at this point i would think the verse is just talking about side chicks in that way of him wasting his time on girls that are basic it's just more of a drawn out example of him wasting his time although ending with i'm a fuck around to make you my bitch that again sounds sort of more long term than just a, a side chick that sounds more like a relationship yeah jesus the jesus definition of a long-term relationship <laughs> right bitch right but I mean, and I mean, uh, those first two lines again—that's again totally Jesus, right? Like, I don't care what's going to be happening in the future. I just want what's right now, all mine, immediate gratification. So yeah. I'm gonna hit it raw. Fuck the outcome. Which again, because he does that and makes that decision, he gets his kids. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. I mean, that is a huge part of violent crimes. Mm-hmm. Viewing things from his daughter's perspective. Next should be up to Carlos and then at the altar. Cause she know that niggas is savage. Niggas is monsters. Niggas is pimps. Niggas is players. To niggas have daughters. Niggas so there's at least some resonance echoing between that element of the narrative and your genie theory. Part of it too, and I don't know if this is something you've said jordan i almost feel like i'm stealing this but saying none of us would be here without cum like he almost sees this lifestyle as necessary because the cum like birthed jesus in a way and like jesus is just part of the dna for yay fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it makes sense to me we should probably consider though that at this point in the rabbit hole the stuff that makes sense to us probably doesn't make sense to a lot of other people (laughs) Yeah, at this point, it's a bunch of loose connections. (laughs) And does this fit into this? Does this fit into that? And I think the end of the day, the important thing is just the fact that we're seeing uh, a contrasting mindset to the wouldn't leave. But we're still getting this idea of, with that, I'm a fuck around and make you my bitch. It makes it seem like he has the power in the situation. Like, I will make you mine, and I'll determine that. Like, if I see you wearing dry fit, like, you're going to dry snitch, and I'll get rid of you. It's like, he's the one that has power, but in the next song, that power, we find out, isn't his at all. We're like, he's fucked up, and he's at the mercy of his wife to ruin him or save him. Damn, this is kind of bumming me out. (laughs) I like because I thought I loved this song way more because I came into today thinking that it might have been my least favorite in the album. And then after listening to it a bunch, I was like, wow, it might be like low key one of the better songs on the album. And now <laughs> that we've gone down this rabbit hole and not really understanding what the second verse is doing completely. I don't know. It's making me it's hard for me to find as much depth in it anymore. Yeah, maybe we just need a, a few years with it like we had with yeah Jesus and Life of Pablo and others maybe we'll get there one day but at least this point 25 days into the album existing (laughs) we don't quite have a good answer for it sorry everybody but maybe by the time we've worked our way through the album deconstructed everything else we'll have the context to know better what this verse is doing 
So tune in <laughs> for a wrap-up episode. And sorry you, you know. had to suffer through this. So are you saying a future installment could recontextualize this installment? Mm. Basically, this show is meta as fuck. It is, isn't it? And if you don't believe we... us, go lift and go listen to the lift yourself episode. You mean the lift off episode? No, I don't mean that at all. I feel like somebody that has PTSD, because as soon as you two started in on that, I just put my head down and wouldn't make <laughs> eye contact with the screen. <laughs> I feel like this episode is a lot like the lift yourself episode, actually. The lift off episode. Yeah, it really is a lot like that episode now. M- Mama say that happiness is from... Holy shit. Matt, you, you really got to... Chris, you got to give us a warning when you're going to do that. <laughs> Actually, I feel like, Chris, you should do that whenever Jordan mentions liftoff from now on. Little No, little Colonel t- Sanders, you're wrong. Mama's tip right. for tap. Something wrong with his medulla oblongata. <laughs> Jordan just sighed. <laughs> I found a counter. Well, every time you do that voice, I'll just play a little bit of liftoff. Oh, gosh. I don't have any dog this bad. I have to listen to both of you do this. You're the audience surrogate in this situation. God. All right. So does that do it for this conclusion or for this lyrical? <laughs> this is the conclusion. We're, we're done. This anti-conclusion. Yeah. Anti-conclusion at this point. Fuck. Is this a first? I mean, we still know what the track is doing yes, on a whole. So I think it's more that on the whole, we know that it's geared towards this. It's doing right. this. It's an example of this. But just figuring out the specifics of this verse. Right. Like it sort of unravels by the end. Much yeah. like the Yeezus character. <laughs> so is Kanye being meta? Fuck. I think... Going beyond the lyrics, so all the depth in this song is the sound of it and, you know, the production, like we've talked about, how it feels like it's actually ripping apart. Like, Kanye's just so conscious of that, and you can really at least feel where the album's going. Yeah. And at this point of, like, utmost confidence that the Yeezus character has, I guess it's not the utmost confidence. Yikes kind of has the utmost confidence with him yelling, like, I'm a superhero. (laughs) But this sense of, like, ego and ownership that he has control and that there's so much of positioning of like him being superior to then have that immediately countered and would it leave? I think that's the important dynamic to this track. I said before, so much of the artistry of Kanye lies in his constant urge to counter himself and every point that he makes like that is such a huge part of what makes him interesting always. Jordan, did we tell you our theory that about Kid See Ghost and Ye? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, the theory being that Kid See Ghost is taking place simultaneously with Ye. Hmm. So that all the songs are kind of the external statements versus the internal territory and thoughts. I see. So talk about his need to con- like contrast himself 
and the artistry there. You listen to something like All Mine and think that while that's saying enough, it's actually being contrasted and expanded upon by Fourth Dimension. Maybe we should have talked about that song. You know, we're going to have a whole other season to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Jordan, we're having a season where we do that. At the same time? We put the songs in contrast to each other and look at what they're doing. Oh, oh boy. (laughs) Because it's not enough to just talk about it on the show. We need a whole season for it. All I hear is just another tactic to delay Watch the Throne and Cruel Summer. (laughs) You know, art demands what art demands. That's fine. You just, you know, I, along with everyone else who listens to the show, knows what you're really up to here. We're just following orders from Clazy, okay? (laughs) Clazy is telling you to avoid discussing Watch the Throne at all costs. Yeah. I can't say what Clay says. Actually, that's part of our Clazy news in the bonus episode, believe it or not. Shit. Uh, Well, should we sign off and get to that bonus episode? Sure should. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Oh, what do we want to tell people about? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, you can buy the Yeezus book. Go do that. <laughs> <laughs> the Yeezus book, almost 200 pages of deconstruction of that album, narratively, thematically, sonically, by me, Travis, uh, Martin Connor from Rap Analysis, and Donald Martin from The Most Unruly. So, now, Chris... If if I were interested in purchasing said book, where might I find it? Oh, Jordan, what a great question. Oh, thank you. You could buy it from www.kingshoppress.com mm. or by going to Amazon and looking up the Yeezus book. Ah, I'm writing these down. That's right. And uh, we also have some exciting new Patreon happenings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for every, we decided to take a more active approach to our Patreon page. So for every $50 in donations that we get, we are a going to upgrade the show somehow, either with equipment or software or something or, Oh, in addition, not, or we will also be filming and Jordan, I don't know if you know about this. I don't. Uh, We'll be filming a short film based on a Kanye song that you choose. Wow. <laughs> and we actually already hit, already hit the $200 mark, which means we're either going to make a short film about wouldn't leave, new workout plan, low lights, <laughs> or ultra light beam? Ultra light beam. Okay. Oh, you you got to do new workout plan. Yeah, we're hoping that one wins. <laughs> it's whatever the people vote for, you know? We got to listen to the kids. But if those are the four choices, we know what they're going to vote for. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be putting guys... a poll on Twitter and on our Patreon to see which one wins. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and say people should write in a vote for Liftoff. Well, we choose the songs at random, so it could come up someday. No. Everybody, don't vote for one of the options. Just comment Liftoff. <laughs> you are evil. <laughs> You're such a... They chaotic listen, neutral in our guys, world ev- everyone listening they have to do it if none of you vote <laughs> you're such a scamp <laughs> uh, 
You're a hooch, Jordan. You're a hooch. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are these like foghorn leghorn insults now? <laughs> nah, you know, a little hooch off the nail. What? You mean booch? Booch, that's what I meant. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Um... So we're figuring out a way. We don't quite have it nailed down yet, but Patreon supporters are going to be able to take part in the video somehow, whether that's uh, helping to write a line or tell us like what wardrobe is going to be, what our makeup should be, <laughs> if we have to wear makeup, um, shots. You're essentially going to help craft the look of it just through some some polls on the Patreon page. So if you want to join in as little as a dollar um, gets you access to all of that. And the next goal is trying to reach $250. We're currently at 204 If we hit $250, we are going to be getting Travis uh, Logic Pro X, which costs $200. Um, hitting the $200 amount, we're getting a new logo. So... Uh, you can go to www.patreon.com slash Kanye podcast. Yeah. You can also rate us on iTunes or hit the subscribe button. That helps. And you can follow us on Twitter at Kanye podcast. And you can follow Jordan. That's true. Also at Kanye podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. Do you have our password? I do. Uh, what really, is it? It's it's. Oh, your password. It's at fifth underscore opinion. <laughs> that's a good password i don't think anybody's gonna get that yeah it's real specific like what even is a fifth opinion you know it's what i got <laughs> uh all right well you can join us on the bonus episode to hear uh our favorite lines wait kanye what moments and where this track ranks in the 87 that we've done and also liftoff corner where i find out the status on the liftoff episode and clazy news and i don't feel like man i know you ain't they said build your own i said halfway i said slavery a choice they said